So. Yeah, let's do that. And I kick it to all the people who can quest like a tribe does. Before this, did you really know what I was? Comprehend to the track force. Why? Cause getting mentions on the tip of the vibe was rock and roll to the Welcome back to the Relatively White Speaking Podcast. We're recording on Friday, April 7th. I am your co-host, Jared Mintz, and joining me today and every other day that we record this fine podcast is my partner, Joseph Nardone. Joe, how do you feel living in a world where racism, racism is solved because of Kendall Jenner and Pepsi? Well, listen, I think we're bearing the lead here. And uh, so I was dark yesterday. I went 100% internet dark. And I woke up this morning and I found out we might be going to war. So that wasn't fun. Yeah, why you gotta go there, man? I'm because, about- like, listen, that's the first thing. Like, I went, like, I ignored your DMs. I went completely dark yesterday. And there, I apparently missed a lot. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was a day. Yesterday was a doozy for our country. But, I mean, listen, racism isn't a thing anymore. So that's one less thing we have to worry about. Well, here's what, the- here's, here's what I'm confused about that Pepsi commercial, right? That had to go through so many people before it got, like, went on air. Like, nobody during the process went, like, hey, not ideal. You know what I mean? Like, Unless they did, unless they were like, yeah, this is terrible. We're going to get crushed for this, but it's going to bring so much attention to us. And we'll be able to apologize after a day. Like, so for them, I don't even know if it was a thing for like 24 hours. Like they apologized relatively immediately, took it, took it down. You know, Kendall Jenner released a statement or whatever. Like immediately this thing like went through, you know, it went down the assembly line and got thrown in the garbage. So I, I think it's kind of okay. I think in the long run, Pepsi winds up winning this thing somehow. But um, well, let's be honest; yeah. they never win because they're Pepsi and not Coca-Cola Classic. That's fair, you know. That seems to be the consensus. When I was a kid, I actually think I preferred Pepsi. Whoa. I don't know why. It, it was probably you know something beyond the taste and something you know me liking the commercials or something. I'm going to be really honest too. I loved Crystal Pepsi. Crystal Clear Pepsi was like my jam. So Damn. maybe that influenced it. But uh, you know, Coca-Cola over the years has obviously taken the one seed in the the soda. Challenge, I guess. I Mr. Pibbs a two seed. I'm not familiar. We don't have that here. But well, I, it's, I it's, it's it's the working man's Dr. Pepper. Interesting. Well, soda's garbage and poison, so don't drink it. That's true. I but don't even really drink soda that much anymore. It's the worst. But but I'm saying it's I mean, so this bad is, for you. Like you get really chubby real quick from soda. Oh yeah, it's terrible. But this is significant, Joe. I mean, what is the war against Syria? That China and Russia is going to come over and curb stomp us, or uh, Kendall Jenner and Pepsi? Kendall Jenner, I mean, how surprised are you that a Kardashian is responsible for healing racism in our country? Um, I have lots of bad jokes that I cannot say on there. <laughs> All right, good. Well, that filled up enough time of filler. Yeah, this filler. Yesterday is a scary day for our country, but obviously we don't talk about stuff like that on this show. <laughs> Instead, let's so we do on. all the time. Yeah, we, I mean, we don't get into it. But no, we, we, we don't deep dive into the fact that. You know, this is horrible. Yeah, yep, it is horrible. Instead, let's take a deep dive into something else horrible, and that's your boy. My boy. LeVar Ball, who, like, over the last three mentions of Lonzo Ball, I feel like you've subconsciously called him LeVar. I heard it when, uh, what was the last show that I wasn't able to do? Oh, when Aaron was on. I know you dropped a LeVar instead of Lonzo, but I digress. I'm not here to make fun of you. here to make fun of LeVar and white people because (laughs) LeVar Ball is out here Blaming the Whites for UCLA losing in the Elite Eight, or I'm sorry, the Sweet 16. Uh, LeVar Ball told the Southern California News Group, realistically, you can't win no championship with three white guys because the foot speed is too slow. 
Uh, I mean, obviously, we're imagining this is in regards to TJ Leaf, who is a lottery prospect, Bryce Alford, and Thomas Welsh, the the three starters on UCLA, who uh, are not Lonzo Ball and uh, and your boy, uh, what's his face, Isaac Hamilton. Uh, Joe, where do you rank this on the LeVar Ball crazy meter? Oh, it's high up there. Now, listen, you can blame white people for a lot of things, right? Tons of the world's problems. However, UCLA not winning the national championship uh, because of white players is, is uh, probably not that accurate. Uh, TJ Leaf is a really good basketball player. He's a first-rounder. Thomas Walsh is actually really good. And Bryce Alford had, like, a stupidly great season. Now, you could say Lonzo Ball was a huge reason for it. But, like, in the game they lost, Darren Fox scored a bajillion points on Lonzo Ball. So, I mean, that could be part of the reason. Um, also, it's just really ignorant to say, like, he just went straight, stereotypical Wesley Snipes, Whitman can't jump on America. Um, but at the same time, like, honestly, I'm at the point with LeVar Ball that, like, it's it's shtick. He's jumped a shark. I mean, if this was somebody that, like, had, like, a even-keeled temper or an even-keeled personality, maybe I'd be shocked and awed by it. But I'm like, uh, when I saw the comments, I'm like, oh, dude that says a bunch of weird stuff said something super weird. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of why I asked you where you ranked this on the LeVar Ball crazy meter, because... In the real life crazy meter, it's super weird. But on the LeVar crazy meter, it's his weirdest thing, but it's just, it's on brand for him. It's definitely on brand, but to me, like, he said so much worse. I mean, yeah, like, as a, as a white guy, this one is like a punch in the stomach a little bit. Oh, but I mean, honest, we don't care. Like, no, no, no. like this, if this is our great oppression... Us having slow so slow foot speed, right, so be right. it. Well, that's the thing, and I mean, you can only deny it to certain extents too. I I know I could listen. Let me tell you, I have my feet are. I'm as quick and agile in the post as anybody will ever believe it and see it. If there's video out there, I'm sure of it. <laughs> in the post, but drag you out to the perimeter. Are you staying in front of point guards? Um, white guys. Right. So you uh, yeah exactly, and even them uh, probably not. I mean, like I'm saying, you know, this this statement isn't the faultiest of faulty statements. It's a little offensive and uh, tone deaf to extent. But I mean, this is a guy who said his son is better than Stephen Curry, the back to back MVP. This is a guy who said he could beat Michael Jordan in his prime. I mean, this guy like says so many ridiculous, terrible, awful things that like you can't even bat an eye when he says something like this. The only thing that stinks about this is he's going out of his way to you know offend former teammates and, you know, future teammates of his other son, Leandro Ball, is going to, to UCLA next year. And, I mean, I don't know who's going to be left of this group. TJ Leaf isn't, and Bryce Al- and Bryce Alford's not. But, uh, I mean, Steve Alford's still the coach there, and I would imagine Welsh is going to be there still. So it's just, it's, it's, it's poor taste. It doesn't benefit him at all to say this. Uh, I don't like the aspect of this that some people are saying he's painting a bigger bullseye on his son's back. I just... I think that's the dumbest narrative that gets attached to all the LeVar Ball stuff. It's not like people are going to look at him and say, oh, your dad said that. Now I want to beat you. I really don't like all that stuff. You know, when you do the, the locker room bulletin fodder type of stuff, like that's garbage in my opinion. That's very narrative-y. Just this is uh, – it's- If Steve Alford's not going to not play his kids because his father – like if his kid's the best guard on the team or whatever, his kid's going to play. He's not yeah. going to be like, well, your dad said – Thomas Walsh wasn't agile in the post. So, 15 minutes per game for you, buddy. You know what I mean? Like, if he's good enough, he'll play. Um, it does suck for the kids, though, because they have, like, no opinions, apparently. And 
Um, their dad is like their spokesman. He's their Paul Heyman to their Brock Lesnar. But worse, but embarrassing. He's yeah, it's like, like propping them up. Although he's trying to, but he's doing it by putting other people down. Like, just eat the L, man. Your son got smoked against Kentucky. Like, Absolutely cooked. De'Aaron Fox dropped 39 points in this game. LeVar drops 10 on 410 shooting. I mean, I'm sorry, Lonzo. Uh-oh. I did it, Joe. I did I it. I but he even said it in the same quote, like that same story. He's like, yeah, I told I told Lonzo once he's going to drop 30 or 40 points one game because of these white guys. And that was probably the game. Well, he scored 10. So you're, if you knew that and your son knew that, maybe it's on them. And on him, I mean. Yeah, well, it's not on him. I'm not here to crush Lonzo for what his dad's saying. I don't want to do that. Or talk about something that happened two weeks ago and, you know, rehash it and reassign blame. I mean, when we all watched this, the consensus coming out of the game was De'Aaron Fox just cooked Lonzo Ball. Obviously, it goes beyond one-on-one. But, I mean, you look at the rest of that game. Bryce Alford at 13 on, on 5 of 12 from the field. TJ Leaf had his 17 and 7. I mean, these guys had good games. They lost to a good team. Kentucky was one of the best teams in the country all season. I just, I don't like the aspect of we lost. Now let's blame everybody we could blame. I mean, sure, maybe it was a disappointment that UCLA fell in the Sweet 16. But they, they also, they had a very good season. And to do the whole, you know, Lonzo just didn't have help thing kind of stinks because he did have help. And they were a really good team. And, you know, they were as high up. TJ Leaf's a borderline lottery pick. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, he's really, really good. Holiday, the backup guard, is going to be an NBA player. Like, they they have they had a ton of talent. Hamilton is an NBA-level player. Like, they have. I get Nick Bogu just declared for the draft, too. I mean, there's talent on this team. It's not like there isn't talent on this team. Did, Thomas Walsh like- is pretty solid, too. Like, and Bryce Alford had a really good season. It's just, oh. Like, listen, man. Like, if you want, like, I get it. You want to do, like, if you want to, like, place blame, I kind of get it. He's like, you're. You have blinders on for your kid. You could do it, I guess, without like trying to create like the whole debacle that's going to be like this race conversation we're going to have out of it. Because, like, let's be honest, if we're going to have a race conversation, probably shouldn't be spurned on by LeVar Ball. Yeah, no, that that's very fair. And, I mean, you're going to get the aspect of this where people say, uh, LeVar, your kids are half white. What are you doing? You know, and I think that's funny, too, because one of the knocks on Lonzo, especially when you compare him to guys like Fultz, Dennis Smith, and uh, who else? Who am I missing? And I mean, Fox and Monk and these other point guards in this class is that he's not as explosive athletically as the other guys. So to come out and be like, yeah, white guys lack foot speed. And my son, the knock on him is that he isn't as fast as the other guys. It's just kind of a a weird thing for him to do. And maybe a little, again, tone deaf and not necessarily, you know, having complete self-awareness about the situation. Well, let's be honest. Let's let's boil this down to the simplest things. He only has a platform because his sons are good at basketball. He's nothing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so like he's like a, a nothing and nobody. So just because his sons are good at basketball doesn't mean he's um, educated enough to discuss race relations or what players are good because of what ethnicity they have in their in their background. Like the idea that any, we're even treating this as a thing is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's like going to my dad because I have a podcast and I write words and asking for his thoughts on something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's all it is. Like he's a nobody. Like his kids are good at basketball. Doesn't mean yeah. he has any insight into anything at all ever. Yeah, that that's that's definitely you know kind of how I felt from day one since he's kind of been brought into the media. Did you watch any of him and Lonzo on? I guess they did both Undisputed and First Take. Did you catch any of that? I didn't even see like highlights. No, because I don't watch that nonsense because it's nonsense. <laughs> 
Uh, no, of course it's nonsense. I'm not asking if you watched yesterday. I'm asking, you know, when LeVar came on with Lonzo. I mean, I saw the gif of them walking out and LeVar kind of doing, you know, the Vince McMahon walk while Lonzo was like, oh, my God, this guy, he's killing me. Uh, I just I didn't hear any of their takes or anything like that. I'm sure LeVar did, you know, his best job screaming at people. I just I, I don't know how Lonzo acts with him. So I was kind of interested in that dynamic, but I, I definitely wasn't going to go out of my way to watch it. I'm not interested at all. And people are saying, like, if I'm an NBA team, blah, blah, blah. Listen, bud, um, if you're not going to draft Lonzo Ball because of his father, I don't think you know how the NBA works because LeVar Ball is not going to have any swing in the NBA. Um, he might cause a little bit of, like, all Lonzo has to say to his teammates when his father's shooting off his mouth is, yeah, he doesn't speak for me, and everybody will understand because they're adults and move on. It causes issues at the high school level for his kids and maybe minimal issues at UCLA. But, like, because I mean, like, Steve Alford's going to be in a weird position this year because he lost a ton of talent. He has a ton of talent coming in. But, like, you know how UCLA works. The expectations are final four every year of us. But he doesn't have, like, this stroke to affect things that people think he does. I don't know. I just, whatever. I'm over the whole thing. I hope he goes away. Blah, 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 blah. I, I think that's pretty accurate, though. I don't think he has that impact that people think he does. And that's why it does bother me that... You know, you see people commenting, oh, Steph Curry is going to crush Lonzo Ball now. Steph Curry is going to crush Lonzo Ball no matter what. Steph Curry's a top five player in the NBA, and Lonzo Ball hasn't stepped on the NBA court yet. I, I don't like the perception that Lonzo, that LeVar Ball adds, you know, another factor or another difficulty level for his kid. Lonzo's going to have a lot to overcome regardless. And you're right. I mean, they'll only have so much say in what's going on at the next level. And by so much, I mean none. It's just... We're at the point where it's like, is this a distraction or is this not a distraction? And really, the only way that you could tell that is if you look at how Lonzo plays. And Lonzo played fine for the most part, regardless of, you know, whatever was going on with his father. I'm with you in that this is just so annoying. And, you know, we've mentioned it a few times on the show that he doesn't have this impact and we don't really care about what he says. And it'd be great if people stopped giving him a platform. At the same time, I mean, we're talking about him. We're making him a part of the news. We're leading off our podcast about him. It's just it's it's enough already. Right, like, how this story ends depends on how good Lonzo Ball is at the next level. Like, I mean, obviously, the brothers, his brothers play a factor as well, but he could end up being, like, JaVale McGee's mother if Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball isn't good. And let's be honest, nobody really cares about JaVale McGee's mother. For sure, for sure. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, you're right. I think this is about as far of a reach as he's going to have because it doesn't appear that either of the other Ball kids are going to be prospects like Lonzo is. I mean, Lonzo is being spoken about as the top three to five pick in the draft, feasibly the number one overall pick. I don't think he will be, but, you know, he's got a higher profile than the other two ball kids. And uh, hopefully this is, you know, peak LeVar Ball sanity. Hopefully we can retire LeVar Ball after this conversation. Occur. Agreed. Concurred. Whatever. I agree. Occur. I occur. <laughs> All right. Memo next- occur. <laughs> <laughs> Lavar Ball gets the Mehmet, the first annual Mehmet Okur Award for. When was the last time you played in the NBA? Uh, my guess would be something like 2006, 2007. He was on that mid 2000s Jazz team. He was good uh, for a while. Remember? No, I'm I'm going back too far. He maybe a little later, 2009, 2008. Let's see. His last game was oh, he played late 2012, 2011. Well, here's the thing. He played 13 games in 10-11 and 17 in 11-12. He played 73 in 2009-10. Something happened to him towards the tail end, huh? Yeah, there's your Mehmet Okur news break. 
All right, Joe, we, we brought up this next story a little bit on Monday when it was breaking news. Tony Romo retiring from the NFL and going straight to the booth, to the announcers. To the booth! He will be working for CBS Sports, and he will be replacing Phil Simms this upcoming season. For me, that's awesome. I mean, Phil Simms does a lot of Jets games, and I don't really care for him. Uh, a lot of people apparently don't really care for Phil Simms. But it's kind of strange because the guy was doing this job for 20 years or so as the lead, uh, what, what is it, color commentary guy. Is that what they call it in, in football? Yeah. I don't know. Lead he, ex-athlete. Yeah, for the most part. He, he's been their number one. He's been their go-to guy when it comes to, you know, not the play-by-play. And he's going to be replaced by a guy who hasn't called one game yet. Uh, I don't think there's really any outrage about this. But, Joe, you and I like to fancy ourselves as sports media members. So I thought this was something that we should talk about. What are your feelings on Tony Romo kind of taking this job and taking the top spot immediately? Uh, I have no problem with it because Phil Simms got the job the same way. No experience. He quarterbacked the Giants. That's the only reason why he got the job in the first place. Tony Romo's closer to the game now than Phil Simms is, and he's the quarter was the quarterback of the Cowboys. So, the, like, I get it. Like, the idea that you're you're going to slot an ex athlete in the color commentator role. And hope he's just decent enough. Like, Phil Simms is like, not good at his job. And maybe Tony Romo's also horrible. But ratings aren't affected at all by who's calling the games. At all for the NFL. Not a bit. Like, if you're a Jets fan, and Phil Simms is calling the game, you don't like Phil Simms, guess what you're going to do? Still watch the Jets game. It might be on mute, or you might not be excited about it, but you're still going to watch it. So, um... People, like, I know Bonnie Bernstein had the tweet, like, I can't believe a guy with no experience jumped the line. Phil Simms had no experience jumped the line. This is what they, like, I get it if you're her, if if you're if, if she's not, like, sticking up for Phil Simms. If you're sticking up for Phil Simms, you're wrong, because Phil Simms got the job the same exact way. If you're doing it because, like, I'll, I'll never get that opportunity, I get that, because it, it would have to be frustrating. Like, a guy is just getting a job because of his level of fame, but at the same time, that's kind of what that job is. Like, you're not actually there to be calling the game. You're there to add insights as an ex-athlete. And Tony Robo is closer to the NFL today than Phil Simms was. So, yeah, it makes sense to me. It actually makes to- total sense. That's fair. That's that's a good viewpoint. Yeah, of course, I mean, I'm not outraged over this. I don't care enough. I, I understood Bonnie Bernstein's tweet a little bit. But at the same time, it's just it's a different field. I mean, it's not like Tony Romo needs to work his way up some kind of ladder He's being used as an attraction, and, I mean, he's personable enough to get this job. Why not give him that main slot? Why not make him that the new attraction that you want to bring in more people? Uh, you know, from a rating standpoint, I don't know that the, the NFL or CBS ever really worries about ratings, and I don't think you're necessarily bringing in Tony Romo with ratings in mind. I mean, if anything, I, I think he would help, and I think some people may want to watch more. Like you mentioned, you know, he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. It's as high of a profile as there is in the NFL. It's going to have zero effect on the ratings. Because if you're interested in the game, you're going to watch it regardless. You might turn in the first week to see Tony Romo call a game. But after that, the the allure of it is over. Like, right. nobody's, well, nobody goes to watch a game for the announcers, the broadcast team. I, I don't want to say nobody just because there might be people out there, but it's certainly not, you know, okay. why anybody Did you, have you what, what person goes... I, Watch, looks at the list of NFL games on the day and goes, okay, I'm going to watch Jaguars-Titans because Tony Romo's calling the game. Well, I mean, Jaguars-Titans is a terrible matchup. They're going to give Tony Romo these marquee matchups. Well, I'm just um, saying, you're going to watch the game because of the games, not because who's calling the games. It's the most right. ridiculous thing in the world to think that somebody's going to watch a sport because who's calling the games. 
Joe, I'm just saying that I think law of averages, it's feasible that somebody is going to one. Like seven people in the world. Seven people's not no people. Seven people probably think Kendall's. But they may not even have a Nielsen box, so it doesn't affect the ratings. You're probably right about that. They're probably when you bring Nielsen into it, you're probably right. I I don't know. I don't I don't really care. I just I I so we're talking about two stories to start the show. We don't even care about. We don't care about the majority of the things that we talk about. If we talk about what we cared about, Joe, I don't know that anybody else would care. Yeah, that's Um, true. Teddy Ruxpin podcast wouldn't go well. (laughs) You don't care about Teddy Ruxpin. (laughs) The hell I don't. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really think this is news. I don't really think it's a, it's a big deal, but I, I understand why some people in the media are making a thing of it and not a thing of like, I'm passionate about this. I want this reverse. Just, wow, it's kind of crazy that he stepped into this position immediately. And by crazy, I mean something to talk about because we talk about everything and analyze everything in the world. It's also super slow time in sports. So That, that too, Joe. That too. All right. You ready to do some that don't look good? Uh, sure. Hit the music seal. It might not be your fault, but maybe it is. The optics don't look good. That don't look good. Did you have some last thoughts you wanted to get out? No, I forgot. I forgot if we had music or not for that don't look good. So I didn't remember if I was supposed to say hit the music seal or not. Of course we have that don't look good music it's amongst my favorite music yeah is, I, I, uh, we have a great producer what is, is ghostbusters i don't remember we'll find out together when we listen back to the podcast yes we will i listen every episode all right i Joe. don't <laughs> i hate the sound of my own voice i mean i don't like the sound of my voice but i i think we're funny it's it's so weird every now and then i listen i'm like oh man this is such a good podcast and i'm like do i only think it's good because i'm the one that's speaking i don't i don't know i digress i Speak think almost the- all their podcasts are horrible Oh, I do, but I'm I'm like that with all my work. Like when I write a column, like as I'm writing it, I'm like, this is so good. And the moment it goes live, I'll be like, trash. True. Well, I mean, it is trash. Everything you write, so you're Whoa. not about that. All right, all right, that don't look good today. <laughs> Going to my New York mix and awesome owner James Dolan, who what do you know got into it with a fan outside of Madison Square Garden on what was this Tuesday or Wednesday night? I want to say Tuesday night. I'm getting my nights mixed up. The semantics uh, don't matter. Nah. James Dolan gets approached by a fan who, uh, who who said some not nice things to him, walking to his limo. Dolan, like straight out of a movie, the, the description that's given to us, starts going into his limo, hears the things, and turns back around and walks out and gets in the guy's face. James Dolan called the fan an asshole the other night, Joe. That blatantly called him an asshole. He actually spoke to Deadspin to confirm the story and said, I did call him an asshole because he is an asshole. Uh, the conversation went beyond that. Apparently, uh, Dolan asked him if he was drinking, if he was drunk, which this isn't the first time that James Dolan had some kind of altercation with someone and inferred that the person he was having the altercation with had been drinking, which uh, pretty lowbrow move on behalf of the New York Knicks owner. Joe, is it is it bad posture for an owner of a sports franchise to yell at a fan and call them bad things and say that they might be drunk? Okay, outside of the drunk thing, which is stupid. This is his go-to move. He did it in that email. He did it to Charles Oakley. Now he's doing touring a fan. Like, that's him projecting, right? Because he's an openly recovering alcoholic. So he's projecting, and that's stupid and wrong and dumb. But other than that, I'm okay with it. Because we would we applaud athletes when they yell back at fans. And I get it. Like, just because he's an owner, like, he's still a person. So, like, he's just supposed to eat getting called an asshole all the time. 
I'm cool with him going clapping back. I am. It's fair to bring the human element into this. It is. It's fair. I mean, like, you know, we're people. If somebody's going to yell at me, I don't know that I can necessarily take it. I do think it's a little bit different between the athletes and the owners, just in the aspect that, you know, the owners are supposed to have, you know, control over this. You're paying for the owner's product more than you're paying paying for the player's product. If there is one person to, you know, take it out on or to, to let know that you're not happy with the product, I suppose it should be ownership over players. I mean, obviously, I'm jaded in this because... I have a very poor relationship with the Knicks since James Dolan's taken over and that the team hasn't won at all and it makes me very sad inside. So yeah, I, I'm frustrated with James Dolan. With that said, I mean, you're right, Joe. You can't necessarily just go around yelling at people and not expect any kind of clapback to come at you or them to, you know, just take it and not say anything. Uh, I just, I don't know. When you're when you're a billionaire, you know, when you're somebody who just has, owns a company and, and, and has a public image, I just don't know if it's okay for you, especially when, you know, you're selling something that you want fans to come in and pay for when you're not necessarily giving them a good product. I don't know that it helps his business cause. In the same respect, I mean, this is sort of like NFL ratings where people are going to watch no matter what. It doesn't matter what the NFL does. People are going to watch. It doesn't matter how bad the Knicks are. They're still going to fill the seats. People are still going to watch. People are still going to buy the merchandise. I mean, this is an organization that's won seven playoff games in the last 16 years, and they're still the most profitable franchise in all of the NBA. So, I mean, it doesn't make a difference what James Dolan does or doesn't do. His business is still going to be successful. I just, it's not helping the public image of a guy who already has a pretty terrible public image. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't matter. Because, like, that dude that called him an asshole said in the article, he's still going to go buy next season tickets. And, like, all the writers on Twitter that are like, James Dolan is an idiot. These are the same people that when somebody says something, tweets something benign to them, gets super defensive and, and, and condescending towards somebody else. Like, it's human nature when somebody's being a jerk to you to be a jerk back. It is human nature. Again, like, I don't but care I- if he's a billionaire and he owns all these other things. Like, it's human nature. Like, I don't understand, like, why, like, we have to hide, like, listen, man, billionaires could be dumb and insecure, too. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. It, it is human nature, and when you add the human element, I think it's more understandable. I just think it, it's crappy of him, again, to kind of do the alcohol thing. And it's also weird that he's kind of bragging that he did, you know, get in this guy's face, and he did call him a jerk and an asshole and whatever he called him. I mean, it, it feels... It just doesn't feel professional. Like, what do you, how do you think Adam Silver feels about this? Why don't we approach it from that point of view? Well, he's probably Adam conflicted Silver- because Mark Cuban does similar things, and we celebrate Mark Cuban for it, but only because his team, his franchise is, is more winning. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he also doesn't have, you know, this reputation that James Dolan has, you know, of his organization being poorly run both on and off the Right, that's a success thing, though. That it, Like, if, if the Knicks were great, right? Like, say the Knicks are coming off a three-peat net title, right? You guys would all be super excited that James Dolan did this. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think I think it's all compounded too, though, because we're talking about you know Isaiah Thomas and uh, the sexual assault case, and James Dolan backing him no matter what, giving him another job, you know, running the Liberty. However many years later, this whole Phil Jackson mess, the Knicks just being terrible. It, it's more than just what happens on the court for them. I mean, yeah, just, but you know, like you said before, everybody's going to stay a Knicks fan. So, like, does it hurt their public image? Sure, but does it matter? No. Like, it's not affecting their brand. Like, nobody's going to not be a Knicks fan because of James Dolan. And whoever, whatever born babies that are going to end up rooting for whatever NBA team they're going to root for aren't going to base their fan allegiance off the owner's actions. 
I think that, listen, I mean, obviously what you're saying is proven to be right to extent. I do think that he has turned some people off, though. You know, just living living in New York, just living in New York. I know people who have come to me and said, I can't root for this team anymore because of Dolan. I just can't do it anymore. For sure. And and then they're at home while they're telling everybody they're not watching the Knicks, but they have all the Knicks information in the world that they shouldn't have because they don't follow the Knicks anymore. You're right. And it's not hurting their bottom line because they're still the most profitable organization in the NBA. So, I mean, at the end of the day, sure. It's like he does have a force field around him. And no matter what he does, he's got, you know, the, the perfect product that people just will continue to consume so yeah i mean i guess it doesn't really hurt him i, I mean I, I i and it's not to like like listen i get it like in theory like you can't be the uh, a ceo of a fortune 500 company and be out there throwing curse words and vulgarities at people but like sports is a weird thing and it's like in a vacuum where yeah like if you're the head of i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna blank on some fortune 500 company but whatever if you're the head of uh Dunder Mifflin or whatever. Like, yeah, you can't be going out there just randomly calling people assholes. But, like, if you're the owner of the Knicks or the Mavericks or the Sixers and you say something, sure. Lions, like, you're not... Um, what's the best way to put it? Like, absolutely saying something irreprehensible. Like, this calling somebody an asshole after they called you an asshole is not exactly horrible. Right. I, I just, again, I, I think that the aspect of this that rubs me the wrong way more is the whole alcohol thing. I mean, granted, the guy, the report is the guy had an open container and he was drinking a beer, uh, but he, he said that was the only beer I had. I just got here from work and he was a lawyer. Uh, I think that aspect kind of makes this look worse, especially that it's repeatable, you know, behavior from Dolan, that he's done this before. You just, you don't hear about many owners getting into it with fans. And that's kind of why it feels weird for Dolan. In New York City, it's kind of the perfect storm of of why this is a bad thing, why this don't look good. Uh, again, though, you know, I kind of agree with your point. Like, no one's getting at James Dolan for owning Cablevision and saying Cablevision sucks, even though Cablevision does suck, even though he did sell Cablevision, yada, yada, yada. It, it, it is sports, and I guess sports is kind of a little bit different because there's so much emotion involved in it. And at the end of the day, it's, it's really, it's entertainment-based. Nobody has anything on the line here. And if they do, I mean, it's very much a you problem. I just, I, I don't know. I, I can't condone any owner, let alone an owner of a team I cheer for in my city, kind of acting this way with fans. But just, you know, word to the wise, don't call people asshole if you're not ready to get get it thrown back at you. Exactly. Like, right, like sports is, like, I, I you got to note, like, how weird sports is. Like, we let guys in baseball and hockey literally punch each other, like, assault each other. But because it happens in sports, there's never, like, assault charges. Like, that's right. weird. It really, like, if you think about it, like, Normally, like a guy with a stick in hockey smashes another dude in the head, and there isn't an assault charge, just yeah, because it's sports, defended. right? Yeah, it's it's the weirdest thing ever. Like I like years from now, past when we're dead, lying and dead, and probably when our kids are lying and dead, people are gonna look back at some of the stuff when we were just like, yeah, it's okay because it was sports, and they're like, you guys are all messed up. You're probably right about that, Joe. I'm all always right, right. I'm a genius. Let's move on. Let's end our show with some AMAs. Seal, hit the music, Bumpy. Bumpy. Ask me anything, Jared will answer. But do do do, ask me a question, Twitter.
All right, Joe, you're batting leadoff today. All right, this comes from our boy, A.K. Rip the Poop, Alex. Can we just say, I don't know if he's our boy anymore after we shivved him last week. <laughs> he's still our boy. Did we shiv right. him? Was it last week we shivved him? I believe it was. If it wasn't last week, it was the week before, but he recently he recently died by the shiv he at did. our hands. Yeah. And he came back. And he still came back to ask us another question. So, yeah, he's, he's the man. So this is from Alex at a Cologe FRS. Shouldn't shooting the shit be called shooting the poop? It sounds a lot funnier. It doesn't, gonna, roll, it doesn't roll off the tongue as well. I'm going to disagree. I think shooting the shit sounds funnier than shooting the poop. I understand, actually, when I say it out loud, maybe shooting the poop does sound funnier. I understand the infatuation with the word poop. That's the go-to term that my wife and I use when we're talking about defecation. So I, I kind of understand it. But you go back to Billy Madison, and Billy Madison says, he called the shit poop. And, I mean, shit, I think, is is really the the word here. I think it is the higher in the power rankings of, you know, excretion. Where, where do you feel on this? Well, for the saying, shooting the shit just rolls off the tongue easier. Um, shooting the poop, though, does is funnier sounding. Poop's a funny word. Like, it's weird. It's very um, sophomoric in humor. It's... It, it doesn't cross any bounds. It could be P, it's very PG rated, so you could say it. Um, shooting the shit though, like it's it's just it just rolls off the tongue. It's it's part of the uh, the lexicon of our language, I guess. And uh, I think it's one of those deals. Like when they were deciding on phrases back in the day, I don't think they even considered shooting the poop as one of them. Like, I don't know if like in the 1930s people were walking around saying poop. Yeah, I'm gonna take the under on that. You know, shooting the poop also kind of creates a visual for me that shooting the shit doesn't. Like, when I hear shooting the poop, I picture somebody throwing a poop in the air, taking out a rifle, and shooting it. Whereas shooting the shit, you know, to me, because it's so mainstream, I don't, even, I don't even picture anything. I just think of mouths moving and people talking. Yeah, when I think shooting the poop, I think of a guy, like, putting up a little baby hook, baby sky hook jumper, you know? Yeah, yeah, you shot, you shot it. You shot the poop in the basket. <laughs> Technically... That's kind of what you do with poop. You put it in the basket. You put the poop in the basket. <laughs> you put the maybe, poop in the maybe basket. We should, we should try this out. Maybe we should give Alex, you know, a little trial here, and we should start referring to it as shooting the poop, even though I don't think you I'll or put I... Put the poop in the basket is a good saying. <laughs> Joe and Jared, just putting the poop in the basket. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, <laughs> that, that, that's, I'm creating segment music. We're going to do a segment called putting the poop in the basket. We don't just shoot the shit here. We put the poop in the basket. Oh, man, that'd be such a great segment. I like it. Alex? We, should just re- we should rename our podcast Putting the Poop in the Basket. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that rolls basket. off the tongue pretty well, Putting the Poop in the Basket, because it starts yeah. with the letter P and then it goes to poop. Shooting the say, shit works because it's S and S. Right. It's obviously alliteration here. The shooting the shit works because of your alliteration, as does Putting the Poop in the Basket. Putting the Poop in the Basket. I like it. That's All right. what the LeVar Ball segment could have been called, Putting the Poop in the Basket. <laughs> that's amazing that that's that's a segment you guys this is how segments get born you guys just witness it you're welcome this is pretty much how all our segments were were made by the way like over us overreacting to stupid things indeed all right our next question comes from brian who's at brian buck 13 brian asks do pilots actually know if you are not in airplane mode and if so why do they allow people to do it even while taking off by do it, I feel like he meant text. Like, why do they allow people to text while people are taking off? Because they're not on airplane mode. So, uh, Joe, do you fly very often? No, not very often. I do have a story about this, though. Oh, here we go. Story time with Uncle Joe. Well, this is recent. So, going into the Final Four, 
I talked to John Rothstein often, name drop. I'm going to go pick oh, that up later. Whoa. And uh, he was in a plane. He was messaging me from his phone. And I'm like, aren't you worried that you're going to crash and die? And he just gave me, like, the LOL. But, like, he, the whole flight from New York to Phoenix, um, he was messaging me off and on, and nobody stopped him from using his cell phone. I think we're, we've reached a point in technology where I don't think the phone matters. The cell phone is going to destroy the plane or the communications. But I do maybe think that, like, if it's, like, over a certain number of people, maybe that's the issue, not exactly one person. Um I do wonder how they know whether or not your your phone's on airplane mode or not, though. Like, is there like do they have like a, like a, a monitor in in the in the cockpit and it says like nineteen people's phones are not in airplane mode? They have no clue. There's no way they know. No, I think it's one of the silliest things in the world because they offer Wi-Fi now and you can use almost every other electronic device but cell phones. And you could you could people like I I flew recently because I went on my honeymoon and people were on their phones like constantly while we were taking off before we were taking off the entire the entirety of the flight there was very little airplane mode going on I don't think it's it's not something they don't even announce it as much anymore you know it's kind of more of a make sure your phone's on silent it's really weird and sometimes it's scary because like you have this image of I don't know invisible like lines crossing and it messing with the airplane taking off. I don't know if that's a real thing or if it's something they just say to, like, scare you. It, it's very unclear for me. Well, maybe they just do it because they don't want other people to be annoyed. Like, so, like, you're not on, like, say you're going, like, on your own, like, by yourself, you're traveling to wherever, and, like, it's a four-hour flight, so, like, to kill your time, you decide to call Aunt Laura, and the person next to you has to hear you speak to Aunt Laura for four hours. Yeah, I mean, that's just baffling. People should not be able to speak on the phone on a flight. Unless it's, like, a really long flight and you're in first class. Even then, I think it's kind of crappy. All right, but maybe that's the point of the thing. So, like, instead of saying, like, hey, guys, could you be, like, kind to one another and not be a jerk and use your cell phone the whole time? Maybe they just say, like, yeah, guys, if you use it, we're all going to die. And it just avoids people doing it. Also, maybe the this is a big conspiracy to make us interact with each other more. Oh, I hate that. Oh, God forbid that you talk to a human being. Listen, I talked to a human being yesterday... And uh, that I wasn't, I'm not super familiar with. Man, it's hard to talk to human beings. It's the worst. Why would you do it? Uh, I went out to dinner with friends, and one of the friends was somebody I'm not really friends with. Like, I'm friendly with, but I don't really know him. And, uh, like, I was, like, when he came, like, I, I, I was silent because I had to get a feel for what his personality was. And his personality, much different than mine. Like, in public, in real life, I'm actually really introverted, and I don't really talk much, and I don't have much to say. Um, spoiler alert, I'm not cool. And, uh... Spoiler alert. Yeah, and, uh, this guy, he's a salesman for a living, and he's never off. Do uh, you know what I mean? So, uh, he had all the quick jokes and the wit and all that tried to try... And it, 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 for me, it, those kind of personalities rub me the wrong way. Uh, but he didn't make funny jokes, and I would just chime in with a shitty joke here and there. I put the poop in the basket, you know? <laughs> That's good, man. That's good. There always needs to be somebody out there to put the poop in the basket. Uh, yeah, I just, again, back to the whole airplane mode thing. I just don't, I don't, I use it. I try to live by the book. I try to live by the rules. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good Samaritan. Not everybody does it. It's, it's baffling. This was a good question. This one got me thinking. Well, here's the thing, right? So say, for whatever reason, pretend I drove to New York and me and you flew, flew out on one of, the, one of the bajillion airports you guys have up there. And we collude it with every other person on the plane, and we all used, started texting, right? Do you think the plane goes down? No. Do you? Hey, breaking news. Wichita State's going to join the AAC. 
Wow. That, that's pretty big, I guess. <laughs> At least I have something to write about, about college basketball today. Let me get on. I'm going to break the fourth wall here. So before the podcast, I was telling Jared, like, I was off yesterday. I, you know, like, I read college basketball for a living, all that jazz. And I'm like, man, I don't know what to write about today. There's nothing happening in the college basketball world. So when I saw Gary Parrish just reported, Gary Parrish from CBS, um, that Wichita State is going to join the AAC. Man, I had a smile go across my face. <laughs> so I'm like a thing to write about. Yes, thank you, God. There you go. The exciting stuff. All right, Joe. I guess I should let you go so you can write about that. You tweeted it out too. Wow, you're you're excited. Um, I'm as excited about this happening, but more excited that I have something to write about. Like that, I don't have to search desperately for a story. Or like even worse, like I have like the coaches that I'm friendly with. Like, start texting them and be like, hey, you have anything you want to talk about? Dude, <laughs> it's very awkward to do that, like, on April 7th. Sure. Well, you got to sure. let them – the season just ended for these guys, and they're about they're hitting recruiting cycles. So, like, you don't, you're not really supposed to bother them right now. Right. True. All right. So At least not Joe's, my guys. I try to give them room to breathe. Joe's got I almost shouted out when the coaches on air, and I can't really do that. <laughs> Why not? I mean, listen, it's not like your, your columns don't come out. Well – for the funny, like I'll tell, I'll break another fourth wall. So I wanted to do this anonymous uh, scouting report for the Final Four with a group of coaches, like where they could talk and tell me things about what they, like, you know, like about players for the Final Four. And I thought it'd be really neat. So one of the coaches goes to me. He's like, "Yeah, man, like uh, I think if I, I do it, the anonymity part would be great. But I think pretty much everybody knew would know it was me." <laughs> yeah. So he's like, "I, I got to decline because <laughs> I only have like four coaches." You know what I mean? Yeah, they're good ones, though. You got some good ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, they're all great. <laughs> all right, Joe's got to get out of here to write about Wichita State. I got to go have my Friday. Joe, I hope you have a great weekend. Thank oh, you guys thanks, buddy. Listening. Thank you guys for listening. You can oh. follow me on Twitter at jmintzhoops. Uh-huh. Catch my basketball writing at fanragsports.com. Wrote about Patrick Ewing and his journey to Georgetown yesterday, so check that out. Joe, tell the good people where they can find you and uh, what they could read of yours. You can find me on the Twitters at Joseph Nardone, N-A-R-D-O-N-E. You're going to read about Wichita State today, buddies, <laughs> going to the American Athletic Conference. And, uh, hey, everybody have a great weekend, and don't forget to put the poop in the basket. And if you're playing basketball, make sure you're either guarding the white guy or going against the white guy because they have slow foot speed. All around me are familiar websites, worn out clickbait, worn out hotcakes, bright and early for the daily link dumps, no one's clicking, no one's clicking, their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers. Not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The internet, in which I'm worthless, is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take. 
When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world.